has there been a time where you've pirated something and felt genuinely bad about it? Never. still here we're not deceased we're alive we didn't have some sort of dramatic breakup that's we, gonna go public yeah exactly that's a exactly. private I mean, one breakup. of us is <laughs> no like solo careers have been launched yet but um <laughs> you know <laughs> time will tell time will tell we're still an early stage podcast uh ensemble but um we're back i think since our uh, do we know since what our last april. episode was april i think oh man that makes me feel bad <laughs> Yeah, it's been, what does that make it? Eight Seven. months. That's an eight-month sabbatical. But we're back. I think three of us, three of us are here. Myself, Brendan, and Oliver are all here from the Jacksway Collective. In the eight months since we've stopped recording podcasts, I think we've actually gotten more downloads to the podcast than when <laughs> we were actually making the thing. So, <laughs> so the moral of the story is, don't try. Don't try. <laughs> give up. <laughs> let let your creative project sit there stagnantly, and hope that people uh, discover it. And that's that's your best your best tool. I like to think there was more like a really good stew. We were just letting like everything kind of like <laughs> mingle together, marinate. yet marinate, and then uh, people started coming around to it. And now that people have come around to it, ready to start cooking again. Or it was just it was just Yana listening to our episodes over and over again, <laughs> bolstering our metrics. Yeah, I think of the podcast as like a long crockpot meal um, <laughs> that we've been preparing for eight months. Um, it's a nice surprise when you come home after work. <laughs> it shows us that you know some we were doing something right because some people out there were listening to us. Um, we obviously didn't stop for any particular reason. We love making the podcast and we're happy to continue to do it. We just you know have other things going on but we're trying to get back into a more regular cadence like we were another thing that i want to note is we're going to slightly change the format of the podcast a little bit as well at least for this episode we're going to see what happens but previously we would do a lot of reading before um, we hopped on the microphones and we'd normally center our discussions around a particular short story or a particular paper and we had a lot of success with that but occasionally we would run into a paper where none of us were really into, yet we would um, still try and get together and force ourselves to talk about it. And I think we're all in agreement that the podcast is at its best when we're talking about things we really, really care about. We really have opinions on, we've got hot takes, and we, we want to kind of use that uh, as our launching point every single time, as opposed to going to some sort of external paper to, to give that inspiration. So that's a kind of long explanation uh, the short of it is, every time we do a new podcast, I think we're going to center it around a topic or a point of discussion first, and then if we have some sort of movie or paper to highlight anything around that, we'll go from there. So, who wants to introduce the first topic? What are we going to talk about today? I think we assumed you would, because you're Mr. Introduction. <laughs> yeah, true, true. The most eloquent well, and well-spoken of us is the one that's asking everybody else to introduce it. Like, come on, man. 
it's so like sure asking a blind guy for directions. Yes. <laughs> oh, now you guys are making me blush. Um, this is why we need the video well. footage. <laughs> <laughs> That's even more madness for our for our like future paid subscriber base. You get to access to our video library of <laughs> see what we actually look like. <laughs> what we actually look like, and and get a look at our beautiful bedroom backdrops as well. Um, <laughs> Mine's actually the most bare bones you could possibly have. You're looking at the ceiling. Um, but you guys have got some beautiful, beautiful pieces behind you. <laughs> Mine is like a storage room. <laughs> beautiful pieces. I have a door. Uh, beautiful piece. Yeah, I'm currently at an art art gallery. I love what you've done with the space, both of you, both of you. You probably um, think that that's a real door. False. <laughs> just like a guy holding a curtain behind you. <laughs> just drops the curtain it is me the production value has skyrocketed in the last eight months of this podcast so obviously we're all on webcam <clears throat> chatting uh, as opposed to in person we will probably hop back and forth between them but uh the video chat lends itself to convenience primarily so that's why we're doing it now to finally talk about what we're actually going to talk about on the podcast I want to talk about piracy. What is it that, uh, you know, pirates are doing? Like, is it wrong, the fact that they might raid other people's ships? Um, like, is gold <laughs> such a bad thing to be stealing from other people? Why is Yana so um, racist towards Somalians? Somalians. <laughs> like, all of these questions inspired us to do a podcast about piracy. And um, I just came back because I wanted to say the word scallywag. <laughs> Who's gonna give the first R of the podcast? <laughs> Anyone? Yeah, that should, yeah, I should try to like think. subtly weave that in <laughs> as naturally as you can. That's I'll our leave goal. It up to to you two for for throwing in a subtle R mid discussion. <laughs> um, so actually, we're gonna talk about digital piracy. The reason I want to talk about it is because Brennan is a extremely talented musician. Uh, and I love talking to him about music because he knows so much. And when you compare that to how little I know about music, I just love it. I love it. The, the discrepancy between Brendan's talent and my lack of knowledge is one of the, the most fun points of discussion with us. So it's really cool. I think like to talk to a musician specifically about piracy is really, really cool. And I also think like us as maybe, you know, we engage in some sort of creative production as a whole. Uh, we all have a little bit of skin in the game. Okay, so I'm trying to think of like a good spot to launch us off. I've got a ton of things I want to talk to you guys about, uh, but I first want to hand it over to Brendan. And I know Brendan's a musician. I want to like just ask <clears throat> you this. One, how do you feel about piracy in general um, as a concept, as something that happens in the world, as something that you know, occurs at a very large scale. How do we feel about the act, the wrongness of it? And does your answer change whether, whether I ask you generally or if I ask you uh, specifically as a musician or maybe if it's something to do with your work specifically? Um, would your angle change? Uh, so full disclosure, when I was in high school, uh, most of the music that I obtained and listened to was through piracy. And part of that was because of an inaccessibility through conventional channels. Uh, but the other part of it was the fact that I was broke. <laughs> I was a high school student. My money was going towards future education. Uh, 
uh, and fast food, as you do in high school. Um, so, of course, as someone who was such a big fan of music, I needed to jump through certain hoops of rationalization in order for me to come to terms with the action that I was partaking in, because regardless of how you frame the act itself, there is an inarguable effect on the artist who is creating content. Uh, I feel like we are able to rationalize the action in part because of the corporate hand that is in the uh, production and the supplying of this artistry. But of course, if I was an artist and I was getting a 5% cut of my music's earnings, I would want that 5% over nothing. I, I also, I remember at the time reading an article that was written by Neil Young, of all people, and Neil Young was effectively saying, piracy is the new radio. We've had so many mediums for introduction to art, so many mediums for introduction to artists. However, piracy is that first real, that first real channel of exposure where we have an active agency in it. We have no say over what the radio is promoting. We have no say over the songs that are being played outside of being a part of the society that is dictating what is being played. Uh, but we have such a direct sense of agency when it comes to piracy and choosing what we are being exposed to. As an artist, are you willing to punt on that small chunk of earnings that you would get from a stream, uh, from a radio play from the purchase of an album, are you willing to punt on that for exposure? Uh, because a lot of these artists in the past would, they would get that exposure through radio. Piracy comes with the additional cost of somebody taking that as opposed to engaging with the act of purchasing. However, that extra cost also comes with a more meaningful engagement with the audience. So, there's a bunch of things that you said there that I want to kind of launch off. Uh, the first thing that you started off with was like, there was a whole swath of different rationalizations that you had in order to justify the fact that you were, um, you know, pirating some content. You know, you wanted to, to experience art anyways, even if you didn't have the means. That's one of the endless lists of rationalizations. But I think like at the end of the day, you're like, these are all rationalizations for something that is ultimately doing some harm or is maybe is wrong. And I'm wondering what you think about that as a start, Oliver. Um, one, like, do you agree with the fact that like there are just infinite amount of rationalizations? Can you think of other rationalizations for piracy? And do you kind of come down in the same way that Brendan does? Or are you more okay with piracy as a concept? Also your own experience with piracy growing up. Yeah, for me, it's, it wasn't really music that I was pirate like stealing. It's more movies and films. But uh, in terms of rationalizations, yeah, I keep I always fall on that. Well, it's it allows me to experience more more art <clears throat> in by doing this. Otherwise, I wouldn't be exposed to these. In my case, films. Yeah, I'm with you there. And like, there is there at a certain level, you can't go to your local movie shop. And, you know, go and rent out a really cool uh, foreign film. The Sometimes the only avenue to something like a movie is through pirating it. 
that might have been the case when we were growing up. I think that maybe that's changing a little bit, but still, if you're anything, if you're at all into something like film and you want to watch a niche foreign film, the only way to get it would be through piracy. Or if you play old video games, maybe the only way to get access to a certain ROM, for example, online might be through illegally downloading it online. Well, um, before so, we go too deep into this, I think we should also acknowledge the fact that when it comes to piracy, like we've talked about music, we've talked about films, we've talked about video games, uh, mm-hmm. but there's one other thing that I think everybody pirates, I mean, I know I did in my teens, uh, it brings you great pleasure, it's kind of disgusting how badly men want it, <laughs> and that's Lord of the Rings Return of the King which is currently not on Netflix, <laughs> as well as the director's cuts of the first two films. Uh, you can't find those anywhere. And, um, yeah, when I was a teenager, late night, watching those movies, like, oh, piracy was the only option. So you've hit on it. You've hit on it again, Brendan. There are some really, really high-quality <clears throat> late-night watching material available online through piracy <laughs> that you can't just go to your local shop <laughs> and pick up unless it's incredibly, incredibly shady. So I'm curious the, about the so inaccessibility of the piece of art. Does that make it more or less wrong? Like, is the fact that, like, I can't get a Japanese ROM... Uh, anywhere other than through this medium? Does that make it less wrong than like downloading a current artist's um, music that I could buy today or a current movie that I could buy today and yet I choose not to and instead to download it illegally and lean on another rationalization like I don't have the money? I find it interesting the fact that you're using the terminology of more or less wrong because the obvious implication with that is that it's a wrongful act in its objective Mm. truth. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I don't mean more or less wrong. I just mean like on no, the spectrum I between. Do. I think we yeah. all intrinsically know that piracy is wrong because even if we don't have a means of legal obtainment, it's still going through some fairly gray, ambiguous channels in order to uh, obtain something. It's it's kind of like that famous example of like, would you steal bread to feed your family? Would you pirate a movie because you have no other means of watching it? No other, no other way to entertain your family. <laughs> <laughs> they want a Star Wars, <laughs> and I'm going to bring them a Star Wars. Goddamn it! So I'm curious then about the the source. I think you listed off a bunch of different mediums that you can pirate. Does like, is there at all a significant difference between pirating the work of like an independent creator, say uh, uh, an illustrator or a designer who has great art online and I take it, uh, I pirate it and, you know, use it for my own means or they've got a great independent film or they've got a great song versus pirating something that is already much more of a commercial enterprise, um, much, much larger production, like, for example, pirating something like The Avengers versus pirating something like, you know, Brendan's uh, independently funded by donation music. Like, is there a real difference there? And if so, like, why? It's probably because it's like playing into that Robin Hood mentality. Steal from the rich yeah. and give to the poor. <laughs> That's us. We're the poor ones. Uh, Quip Toothbrush, you still haven't returned my calls. I know that we've been <laughs> off the air for eight months, but just get at me, please. 
Quip's all right. I don't know. I didn't like it that much. Dude, don't fuck up my sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying hard here, man. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though, if Casper wants to get in on this, I'll take one of those mattresses any day. But... You know what? Because you screwed up my You'll have to give us sponsorship. A... Fuck Casper. <laughs> <laughs> I would rather. This episode sleep is brought to you by floor. Casper. <laughs> <laughs> no, this episode is brought to you by Fuck Casper. <laughs> fuck Casper. Or side fuck hustle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's funny. So, uh, what do you think? Like, is it is it is it more of a of a, a, a treacherous act? Let me pose the question to you guys then. Has there been a time where you've pirated something and felt genuinely bad about it? Never. <laughs> Never. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let me say 90% of the time, the moral wrongness of the act washes off me like rain because... The responsibility of such a thing like pirating is so infinitesimally divided across so many different people that like that moral wrongness of an act is just like distributed across such a wide amount of people that although I'm willing to admit that what I'm doing is wrong, it's such like a micro a micro moral transgression that I'm so not worried about it. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. yeah, because there's so many people, there's so many players in the game, right? There's the person who uploaded the torrent or whatever, and then there's us who are just simply accepting this gift. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually want to come back to what you just said, Oliver. But right, very quickly, I do want to say the only time where I will really feel it is when the source is very small. If it's an independent creator, and I'm going out of my way to. Uh, uh, to pirate their stuff when I already know I could pay yeah. for it and get it, and I'm actually might be directly hurting a person's well-being or some sort of small company's labor, and they maybe they're like maybe the animators of their you know company get paid really really shitty, and they 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 don't see a lot of the money that they make, but it's just a pure labor of love. I would feel so much worse <clears throat> doing that, and I would say like that's something I'd go far out of my way to avoid. Whereas if I'm going to pirate Game of Thrones or the Avengers, I'm just like Oliver. I don't feel bad about it at all. Maybe I don't feel bad because I've never torrent small. Like, if I were to listen to a small artist musical group, it'd be on Spotify. And I know, Brennan, you mentioned it's kind of like piracy in the dock, but it's still, you're still kind of paying (laughs) But it's a way to to like ease the the moral responsibility as well, right? <laughs> you get to pay a little bit of uh, throw a little bit of change into the fountain, um, <laughs> and reap the benefits. Uh, throw a little a few pennies at the artist, and you get all of their music for free. So, first, I want to talk about the structure of piracy, which I actually kind of love. Um, so maybe this will be a different angle, and I'm interested to hear what you guys think. Then I want to come back to Spotify. To play devil's advocate here, there is something that I really, really love and I think is actually really, really right about piracy. And so here I am. I will fully admit that the taking the mass reproduction and selling of other people's art and creative production, you like you're stealing, I'll fully admit that. I think that that's wrong. I think that that part of piracy is unambiguously morally wrong. But one of the things that I actually love about piracy 
is that it's this really beautiful structure of labor and sharing and kind of social organization where I don't know if any, like I know you guys have, but if you go onto one of these apps like uTorrent or BitTorrent, it's actually such a beautiful form of social organization where to get a movie, you have two different types of people. You have seeders and you have leechers. So leechers are the people downloading the movie um, and most people go on, they leech, they they download the movie and then they just turn off and they go on with their lives. They get the free movie. But the seeders in this whole seeding leeching dynamic is such a unique organization of labor that I don't know exists anywhere else where seeders are actually just people uploading files to the internet or like just making sure that like they're the ones doing the disseminating. They're keeping their internet on so that other people in the, in the piracy community are able to come and reap the benefits and leech the film. And so these people are literally going out of their way to provide free sharing of information to a community around them. And it's such an interesting creative example of ways to be in a marketplace of exchange without the bounds of capitalism, for example, where you have people who are literally for free sharing information. Unfortunately, that information is being stolen and being taken from creative types and it's hurting their uh, uh, rewards and their, you know, compensation. But when you take out that part, you have this really unique, cool form of labor on the internet. And that to me is really fucking cool. And I don't know anywhere that that exists in the real world. And this seeding leeching thing is so amazing. And I, I don't know how to apply it to somewhere where the act itself isn't so morally wrong. It's interesting that you, you mentioned that because I feel like there's this preconceived notion that torrenting is wrong. What people use torrenting for is wrong. It's the sharing yes. of information. Yes. As, as you mentioned, it's no different than like open source software where you're providing it to the public and saying, use it for whatever you want. It just so happens that what people have gathered around torrenting for and thus has this moral implication uh, is piracy because it is an incredibly interesting tool. The fact that we have had this peer-to-peer -peer sharing technique where it means something to be a seeder, where it means something to be a leecher. Um, I don't know if you're the same, but like I was always of the mindset if I download a torrent, like I, I seed it for a bit because I don't want to be the leecher. Even just those terms have certain connotations. So like I'm so opposite. As soon as I'm done, I'm stop it. Always pure leech, pure leech. So that's funny. That's the so fact funny. that this ecosystem has arisen is incredibly interesting. The fact that it's been used for this morally gray activity of piracy um i think like that has it's overshadowed what what has been like what i would consider a triumph of mankind on the digital world which is to have this sort of globalization this dissemination of information of programs of software in this globalized economy and society that is torrenting what do you have to say to that leech <laughs> it's okay he already deleted the information <laughs> yeah it's funny i think it's a bit inspiring and it tells me that there there is a hunger for different forms of organization 
and you know right now the only way to get something like that is online and unfortunately like so much of it is like perverted through you know the stealing of you know you know pirated content but the as a model you've hit on it brendan it's really really cool and it like reminds me so like i'm sure you're the same oliver but when i pirate a movie especially if it's a foreign film the next thing i do is i'll go and find a subtitle track and i have to go to to the internet and like again i'm blown away that there are people out there on the internet that make these by hand they will subtitle a movie and time it with all the lines of a movie and then just put it out there for everyone else for free they don't ask anything in return it's totally anonymous like the fact that there are people out there these types of people are the same as the ones seeding like it's just it's just pure unreciprocated altruism asking nothing in return with no rewards and there are people out there who are willing to make a subtitle file in any language in the world and just give it to the earth so all of us leechers <laughs> can watch a movie uh with english subtitles and it just blows my mind that 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 kind of thing exists i love the fact that you use the, uh, the term altruism as well because like the fact that we can say something like altruism something that has a morally good connotation to it to use the term like altruism within the confines of something that we've all agreed on is morally bad, which is piracy. I don't know. It, like, how do we manage to reconcile those two notions? The fact that you can be an altruistic being in being a cedar in a morally bad activity, which is piracy. Well, it comes back to that Robin Hood notion, right? Yeah. If you're a cedar, what do you think your motive would be? Would it be just pure altruism or would it be more, like you said, Oliver, like sticking it to the man kind of style? Or simply forgetting to pause the (laughs) (laughs) The noobs. It's actually cedars are a bunch of noobs. (laughs) Fun story about forgetting to pause torrents. Uh, This is also like the only time I felt really, really bad about torrenting. Um, Back during the Game of Thrones seasons, uh, and I was downloading every single episode because I couldn't afford HBO now or whatever it's called. Uh, there was one time where I was on campus in a library and I forgot to close my BitTorrent. I forgot to like clean it up as well. And it was running in the background. So like the next day I get an email from UBC and it's like, Oof. just so you know, we know you've been doing illegal activity on our internet. If somebody were to pursue legal action we have no choice but to like relinquish this information to them and they will pursue legal action and i was freaked i was like i'm gonna get expelled i'm gonna get (laughs) sued by hbo my whole life is gonna crumble for a solid 24 hours i was freaking out until i decided like just google this like see if other people have had this before and sure enough on like the UBC subreddit I found someone who's going through the exact same <laughs> emotional struggle I was and like a hundred responses of people saying like just chill don't worry about it which in part was like really reassuring because someone gave me this answer where they were like hey don't worry about it but what was even more reassuring was um, I was acting in congruence with a larger population And it's so much easier to rationalize an action like piracy when you fall into that larger group of other people doing it. 
Um, and I think it's a testament to the fact that our sense of morality is not just derived from our own intuitions, but our sense of morality is derived from other people's actions, from society's actions. So here I was, like, freaking out, thinking I was my whole life was in shambles, and I found so many people that were going through the exact same emotional roller coaster I was because they were partaking in the same activity, and I think I took more solace from other people partaking in that activity. Oh, no, he was on such a roll. <laughs> <laughs> UBC is just like <laughs> got him now. Got him. UBC finally got him. <laughs> they, they bust through the door. <laughs> oh my god. Brennan's in, in SWAT team right now. <laughs> this is what happens to leechers. <laughs> uh, basically, if I could boil down that point that I was making to one little bullet point, it was that I took solace in other people pirating more than I took solace in other people experiencing what I experienced and them coming out all right, because it meant that I was a part of a quote-unquote majority. Interesting. And that did a lot of alleviating of what you thought you did wrong on an individual level. Exactly. Yeah, uh, morality, I guess, cannot exist in an individual vacuum. Okay, well, uh, uh, I can't wait to hear the end of that point in the final... The final uh, <laughs> <laughs> always, like, when, always like when you were gone, like, like the SWAT team came in, like they finally caught you. <laughs> We've got him on audio, it's recorded. <laughs> Kit Harrington <laughs> kicks down my door. My name is John Snow. <laughs> you will pay for this show <laughs> um, okay so let's talk about uh, I want to shift the discussion more broadly to we've talked a lot about piracy um, the, the moral wrongness of the act the kind of different case by case situations that we can um, um, partake in piracy as well as the labor organization but I want to now shift the discussion to ways of rewarding individual creators or ways of rewarding the creative production. Um, and like, obviously in a world that piracy exists, piracy is not going anywhere. Um, how can we more pragmatically uh, approach the, the funding and the rewarding of individual creatives? Because I think that that's something that we're all on board with and we all feel really strongly about and we all want to see more of and the reason we pirate is because we really admire what people are able to create on the internet and we want it for ourselves we want to enjoy it we want to watch it we want to listen to it so even behind the moral wrong act of stealing there's a really good essence behind it in a weird way where you just genuinely want to enjoy someone else's art so given the fact that piracy exists how can we reward individual creators a little bit differently so Let's go back to Spotify. Oliver and Brennan, you guys both have Spotify, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. I think I actually said this to maybe both of you or one of you outside of the podcast, but like my hot take is that Spotify is merely putting a beautiful UX interface and a really nice design branded corporate overlay. Um on 
a piracy platform where instead of completely removing all of the funding of the artist, you are instead paying pocket change and rewarding the artist pennies instead. But because it's branded, because it's global, because it's a public company, because it's gorgeous UI and UX and easy to use, it doesn't feel like piracy also because you're paying six or nine dollars a month. So my hot take was that Spotify is a mere enabler and corporate version of mass consumer piracy framed as a guilt-free and revolutionary new funding model for creators because the, 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 like the whole ethos behind Spotify is, yeah, like you're going to pay for your music, you're going to support the creators, but it's such a tiny cut above going in the pirate bay. The only difference is it's, is it's pretty. So I, I want to know what you guys think about but that, if that's too hot <clears throat> of a take. Isn't that Spotify's fault, though? Fuck yeah, of course. Like, they're the evil ones, not us, in this scenario. I agree. The, the, the Spotify has figured out a way to monetize piracy. I don't know. What do you think as a musician, Brennan? Maybe there's, like, I'm sure there's all sorts of, all, all, like, devil's advocate or alternative points of view as well. No, because uh, I, I ultimately agree with you. Um, if I wanted to support a content creator right now, I have lots of avenues to do so. Um, Bandcamp is phenomenal in the fact that it it gives a lot of the uh, amount of a purchase to the band. They have name your own price functions. Um, they have so many tools in place that makes the purchase of music directly from the content creator as easy, as efficient and as economically viable for the creator as possible. If I'm choosing to use Spotify to get my music as opposed to go through those avenues, part of it is going to be this element of convenience. Uh, part of it is also going to be the elements of the cheapness. And that cheapness, that the economic decision of paying a certain amount for something... Um, Simply put, we would not be able to consume all of the uh, content that we do now if we were having to pay a market value for that content. Um, so I, it, it's difficult for me to say like Spotify is the answer or Google Music is the answer or Apple Music is the answer or any of those streaming services are the answer when we do have an answer in place of how to best fund these artists for the content that they're creating. And that is to go through the avenue that they choose uh, because of the way that the money is broken down between the provider and the, uh, and the artist. So when I listen to an artist on Spotify, um, it, it bothers me that if I were to listen to one track of an artist that I absolutely love and adore, it's worth the same value to that artist of listening to a track for the first time to an artist that I probably decide I don't even like that much. If I listen to one song, just like give it a shot and decide that at the end of the five minutes that I hated it and I never want to listen to the artist again, that is still providing the same amount of value to that artist that it is to one that I absolutely adore which is why I am such a strong advocate for implementing a tip system. Like tips in practice and like the food industry 
is one thing because it people have used it as this mechanism to undercut wages. Um, it, it, there's this whole connotation to tips right now in the food industry. However, like they're providing a baseline service no matter what. An artist doesn't provide a baseline service. An artist provides content and you consume how little or as much of it as you want. There are artists out there that are not providing a baseline service to me because I've never interacted with them on any level, whereas with a server, there's a baseline service that is being provided. Enable me to pay the amount that I want to to these artists. Provide a tip function in something like Spotify where I can directly send money to these artists for the value that they're bringing me. That's it, It's a basic economic principle of price differentiation. It's this basic principle of allowing me to name my own price and provide that value, the value that is being provided to me ultimately, provide that value financially to the artist. Make something viable in that regard. What do you think, Ali? Yeah, I was thinking about like how do you put a value on music popularity or is it like what Brendan was saying? It's all different for everyone based on their experience with the music what about the tip system like on one level it does give you a bit of individual autonomy to be like hey i want to i want to as an individual choose to reward artist a more than i am going to reward artist b because i like artist a's music more than i like artist b's music does that check out for you yeah i think So. so Sorry to interrupt, but like it, it also kind of plays into this farmer's market mentality where like you're interacting directly with the provider. You're interacting directly with a person who is supplying the end product, which makes it so much better than when it's broken down through all these separate stages of I'm paying Spotify, who's paying the record labels, who's paying the producers, who's paying the engineers, who's paying the artists. Like instead of having this this huge separation between the content creator and myself, the content consumer, much in the way that I like the feeling of going to a farmer's market and I'm giving money to the person who grew my carrot, and yes, I like carrots, and I go to a <laughs> farmer's market for carrots. That's not the point here, but I want I want to have that. It's the carrot guy. <laughs> this is why my vision is so good. Um, but I want that level of intimacy with the content creator. It, there's a certain, like... Um, a certain positive feeling that you get from handing the money directly to the person who's creating the product that you're consuming as opposed to an organization or some big conglomerate that then disseminates that money as they see fit to the different stages down. Yeah, I agree. The, the less mediated the relationship between <clears throat> consumer and creator, the better. <clears throat> um, Spotify has merely stepped in as like a middleman between consumer and creator and added 10 other steps of payment um, in a kind of trickle-down way. And then by the time the actual creator gets their due, it's pennies, right? You're not... Whatever money you are giving to Spotify, the percentage of that going to the artists that you really, really want to support, which is probably why you sign up for Spotify in the first place, uh, uh, they're getting so little of it. So yeah, that's the, like, that's a really interesting system. I didn't actually think about the tip thing that you mentioned. And I think it's really cool. Like, yeah, as it stands right now, whether you like music or not, you are rewarding each artist in the same way. So tip system really, really makes sense. Um, 
because it kind of integrates itself nicely into the already ubiquitous world of streaming, which again isn't going away anytime soon. So that's interesting. I want to ask you this then to both of you, Oliver, first. Given the fact that we don't have a tip system now, is there anything that you do today or have done in the past or you would like to do moving into the future? Um, Is there any softwares you use? Is there any sort of platforms that you use where you really do want to support a creator? Um, Do you have any real examples of that? I don't really have any examples for music, but... Doesn't have to be music. Um, I think for for film, there's some great resources like Mubi and uh, Canopy, where you can access films without illegally torrenting them. Canopy is a free service with your library card. And that's very cool. The library card system, where if I understand correctly, like if you just have a library card at any sort of local library across North America, you can give the website that. And then you get access to the, their library of online films. Is that right, Oliver? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That seems really cool. And I would be curious, I don't know if you know anything about this, Oliver, it, like, does any payment change hands anywhere along that supply chain, even though we're not paying for the service? Like, Does the libraries or does the state pay any sort of the creators to be hosted on the website? Or is it all just like public access free films? Like. I assume there is some sort of payment because you're only you can only get like seven films a month. Gotcha. Okay. And is there a paywall there where you can pay to get more films a month or? No, no. Huh. Interesting. Interesting. So how do you guys feel about the like, like the exposure angle, Ollie? If you're an independent filmmaker, um, even though you're not getting paid a ton of money, is the exposure angle of something like this movie platform enough for you? I guess it's hard to say, like, if you were the filmmaker, depends on how that exposure plays out. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on the result, right? If you do get <laughs> legitimate exposure or not. Um, have you ever had a situation where, like, you have been exposed to an artist or a filmmaker or a game or whatever it is through, say, piracy or one of these kind of streaming networks and then gone elsewhere and consumed their stuff directly or supported them directly? I think so. I can't remember, like, specifically, but... I think this is, like, the first thing that defenders of piracy go to is, like, oh, yeah, the exposure is going to get more people to go and purchase their stuff elsewhere or go to concerts live. And I think it's an interesting defense. It makes some sense to me, but I'm also not so sure how common that actually is. Like, in theory, (laughs) it makes sense, but, like, how often have you gone out of your way... To, to discover an artist via piracy or discover a filmmaker via piracy and then go out of your way to support them directly. I think it's probably more rare than we give it credit for. Once a leecher, always a leecher. <laughs> what about some of these other forms? I really, I'm personally a fan of Patreon. I like this a lot because it's not just movies or just musicians. It's literally whatever it is you want to make, whatever there's a demand for. Patreon, for the most part, is a way to just directly support or donate or tip or give money on a uh, monthly basis or an episode-by-episode basis or a film-by-film basis or whatever it is. When the content is delivered, you give them a payment um, or it's a monthly payment and you can determine how much money you want to spend or donate every month and a very high percentage of that money that you sign up for actually does go to the creator and Patreon takes very little cut 
as a middleman. So it's not the Spotify situation where they're coming in the between that supply chain or that consumer producer relationship and adding all these different steps. Patreon is merely a medium to take my money and give it to the people that I want to give it to, to the max. And I really, really like that about Patreon and it supports creators of very small scale, um, all the way up to like super, super large scale as well. And it has that tip system. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's maybe the one area that I, that I will go out of my way to give money to individual creators would be through Patreon because it has that direct funding, uh, element that you're talking about, Brendan, it has the individual autonomy element that you're talking about, where if there's a creator I like, I can name my price and I can give it to them. You are instead signing up for a subscription in the same way you would sign up for a Spotify subscription. Um, so I know that I can very passively support someone that I like, even if I'm not going out of my way to donate money to them directly every time. I know that passively I'll be giving them X amount of dollars every month, and I think that's really cool. Uh, quick question for you guys, uh, or on a bit of more unrelated note, one of my kind of moral workarounds for piracy has been online streaming. Do you think that like online streaming, for instance, using a site like Putlocker, do you mm. think that that has less uh, of a negative moral connotation for any particular reason? Or is this just another kind of hoop of rationalization I'm jumping through in order to feel better about my decisions? <laughs> Feels like a hoop. I knew you'd say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I say hoop too, man. And I would say you're actually doing a disservice to the creator by online streaming instead of pirating because wow. you, if you're going to choose between the two options the two bad options of pirating or online streaming, you may as well view the creator's content in the highest quality you possibly can. <laughs> with You're like the, feel bad about the thing With I no ads on the screen. With no spammy like banners on either side. And like, go experience the creator's content as he intended by pirating it instead of like doing, like, it would be like, yeah. Slapping him in the face. It'd be like yeah, if someone, but... if you're, if, some, if you know someone's gonna steal your song, Brendan, would yeah. you prefer that they steal it and like listen to their like beautiful headphones in like the studio, or would you prefer they like hear it on some fucking listen like tune in radio? Like, <laughs> I listen to th- like, but torrents don't tell me when there's hot singles in my area. <laughs> How am I supposed true. to watch true, my true. movie and get my get my rocks off, Yana? <laughs> it's a matter of priorities, then, my friend. <laughs> Oh, that's <laughs> and of course, when I say hot singles in my area, I mean uh, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, director's cut in my area. <laughs> but I, I do agree with you. Like, Lord of the Rings. Um, when, when I torrent a movie, as, as ridiculous as this sounds, I go out of my way to like torrent the 1080p top quality. Of course. Um, I never go for like the, the like the low quality seven twenty or five forty p. Like I will I will make sure that if I'm torrenting something, I'm getting as much out of the torrent as possible. But I don't think that has anything to do with doing right by the creators. True. It's just a little tiny bit less wrong, and at least in my opinion, mm-hmm. or it's at least one of those rationalizations we were talking about at the beginning. Mm-hmm. But at no point in time am 
when I torrent something or download something illegally, am I thinking to myself, I'm watching this in like the best possible way or I'm listening to this in the best possible way? Because I understand that there's already going to be a sacrifice in the fact that this is the avenue that I'm choosing to take in order to consume this media. If I ultimately cared most about the method of consumption and doing right by the artist, would I even be reverting to piracy? And, um, you know, you mentioned this with uh, Patreon, the fact that it's a subscription model. Uh, if I had the ability to purchase like an individual movie directly from the content creator, like the way that they wanted me to consume it, where they had final say in how it was presented to me, I would take that route 10 out of 10 times. But it's the fact that I would have to do so through like YouTube. The fact that you can buy movies off of YouTube now and yeah, they've made it so much more effective and easier to purchase these, but like, Again, it's the same thing of that Robin Hood mentality where it's all being done so under this uh, corporate facade, uh, the corporate window that we are window shopping through. And um, something about that feels perverse when it comes to art. Amen. Yeah, I just think it's hard to get again. Like... <laughs> I've got one last point. Ooh, I've got, okay. <laughs> I've okay. got one gonna last say. point. You've already wrapped us into the first bow. Wrap us into uh, another bow, and we'll. we'll That's we'll right. It. We're uh, we're double bowing, baby. Uh, <laughs> it's Christmas no, time. I like. We all sit here as some form of content creators because I mean, you, uh, Oliver, you engage in copywriting where you have your own creative process and you're creating something from a personal standpoint. And Yana, I mean, you spearheaded this podcast. Uh, I'm a participant in the podcast. And like I've I've created content before, so we're all sitting talk here. Talk box. Don't forget about creation. the talk box. Come on. I'm never forgetting <laughs> about the talk box. And I think from our unique perspective, as engaging on that other side of things, I think we can speak to the fact that there feels to be some sort of obligation to art where if we are choosing to engage with art, we must devote time and thought in some sort of engagement to it. I think we need to understand what this obligation to art entails and understand if there is some sort of financial obligation that comes with it. Uh, because artistry has always been in this very bizarre marketplace of people constantly providing, but people not necessarily... Huge discrepancy between supply and demand I, I personally feel like from an extremely optimistic standpoint that we have an ability to write the market, but we have to understand what our obligation is when it comes to consuming art. Because if that obligation has some sort of financial aspect to it, then we should be engaging with it in that way. It's just my base understanding of what it means to engage with art doesn't have that financial aspect because artistry is in so many different places, in so many different parts of communication, uh, that we don't necessarily have that financial engagement with all aspects of art. And it's bizarre that we've sequestered certain mediums to have this financial aspect, in part because it's easier to have that financial control over it. I can't tip a graffiti artist who makes a beautiful piece of street art. I can't tip a painter in an art gallery when I pay the entry fee. There are so many different 
mediums that we just don't have that sort of dynamic with. And yet, with music and movies and video games, like the three mediums that we touched on today, we have this accessibility because of the form of the medium itself. So for us to understand what our obligation is to those three mediums, we have to understand what our obligation is to all mediums of art and make sure that there is this equal respect and fair treatment to all artists of all mediums, because ultimately that's what we're aspiring for. We have the unique privilege to be able to reward some of these artists. I say we wrap it there. How do we feel about that? I want to thank everyone for uh, sticking with us in this eight uh, eight months sabbatical of ours. Trust that we will be back more quickly with another episode. But um, for now, thank you everyone for listening. This is going to be episode 19 of the Jacksway Collective. So thank you all for listening. Feel free to send us an email. Donate. Donate. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll work on getting work. big enough to pirate the shit out of us for now. <laughs> I'm fine with that. Um, send us an email. Honestly, I would prefer that you send us an email or engage with us online in some way than send us any money. Um, I'll take that any day. Uh, rate us on iTunes, Spotify, etc. Um, we would just love to hear from you guys. And thanks so much for continuing to listen, continuing to uh, support us even when we're not putting out episodes. Um, so yeah, that's it for me. Thank you so much, Oliver and Brendan. Always a pleasure. So happy we're doing this again. Um, and yeah, uh, I can't wait for the next one. Uh, shout outs to Ted. Ted, if you're listening somewhere out yes. there, uh, <laughs> I miss you very deeply. Return my calls. <laughs> oh, we miss you, Ted. All right, guys. <laughs>